With gratitude, we would like to acknowledge that Foundry Ridge Meadows is on the unceded, ancestral, traditional, and territorial land of the Keatsy and Kwantlen people. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Peers in a Pod. I'm Connor, and this is Jenny. Hi. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about stress and what to do in stressful situations. Yeah, so I think like we were kind of talking before and there's almost like multiple categories of stress. The two big ones being like there's acute stressors, me using fancy psychology language, which is basically just a short term stressful situation. So there's like an end in sight. Um, And then I think there's more like long term stressors that are kind of ongoing things that put stress on us or or add stress to our lives. And then I think that can get further broken down into there's like our professional or school stressors, but then there's also the personal stressors too. And I think the way you cope with each is slightly different. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different things that, that your body needs to feel balanced, I think. And you know, I th- a lot of times stress has a negative connotation associated with it um, because people are hyper stressed. They're stressed over and above what is beneficial to kind of get them uh, to to carry out the actions that require them to deal with situations. Right. Because I think stress kind of broken down into why do we feel stressed as human beings? Why is it a function our body has? Right. I think most of the time it's and correct me if I'm wrong as a as a psychology student, right? <laughs> it's to it's to get us to handle some sort of situation, right? A stimuli that is causing us to be stressed, right? Yeah, it's like a motivator. Like our anxiety response was originally a, it's a survival instinct, right? It's to motivate you to do something about what is stressing you out and to let your body know that you are stressed out. Um, but because of that, when it's ongoing or if it's highly, highly stressful, it like not just mentally affects you, it makes you feel exhausted. It also has like a physiological effect, like stress can really impact your physical health too. Um, so I think it's like stress isn't always a bad thing. Like I think it's okay to sometimes feel stressed, but it's knowing how to cope with that stress and how to make it manageable. Yeah, I think as especially as, you know, staff members at Foundry, a place for mental wellness and, and physical wellness, kind of a holistic approach. I think in, in general, we don't want you to be experiencing prolonged stress, right? Because that's when it starts to deteriorate and reduce, you know, your quality of life in, in a bunch of different ways, right? Like you said, physiological, mm-hmm. also your mental health kind of starts to, to shoot down a little bit when you're just in this constant state of, Things aren't great, right? So like you said, yeah. that, those coping mechanisms are super important. Do we maybe want to start with talking about like a few tips or, or things we do during acute stressors? So like short periods of stress, say like for me often it's like final exams or something like that, but sure. kind of temporary things where you know there's an end to it. Yeah, absolutely. Did you have something in, in particular that, that really works for you? Oh, I have so many, but it, it does depend a little bit on whether it's like a personal stressor or or a professional school-related one. I mean, for school-related stressors, which I find are easier to deal with because <laughs> they're more straightforward, um, some of my big ones are like staying organized. My calendar is my best friend. 
I schedule in everything during final season to the hour. And I always assume that something is going to take longer than I actually think it's going to take. So if I have an assignment that I think is going to take me three hours to do, I give myself four. Like I always give myself extra time so that if, you know, for whatever reason it takes longer, I, I have that time. So scheduling and keeping like a strict schedule is a huge one and planning it out. I'm a list person. Making a list makes me feel like I can tackle it when it's one small thing at a time rather than here's this huge assignment looming over your head. So breaking it down into smaller steps, like, okay, the first step I need to do is like review the rubric. Like that's that's the first thing I need to do and breaking it down into kind of like manageable pieces. Yeah, I mean, I think you've kind of infected me with the whole list idea since since knowing you and, and kind of working with you. <laughs> and, you know, the credit goes to other people in my life as well, but I've really fully realized I'm, I'm converted to the power of lists really <laughs> they're so nice because um, you know for things that are like cute stress so let's for for my example maybe it's like a project at foundry or something like that that i i'm working on that i need to get done talk to this person get something set up right um making a list i kind of set it up in um where where is my progress at right now right what do i need to do to reach a goal by this end date and like you said setting yourself extra room is is very helpful for sure um and just kind of getting things down to uh like you said a schedule so that you're not just kind of running around doing things Mm -hmm. whenever they kind of pop into your mind i used to function that way before and it was passable but i was certainly more stressed in a lot of those situations than when i just took a little bit of time to kind of sit down and plan things out Yeah, and I would say too, like in your schedule, schedule out breaks and schedule out time to sleep and eat. Like I know university students do it a lot. I know high school students do it a lot when they're really stressed about an assignment, pulling the all-nighter or whatever else. And I mean, if we're being honest, I have pulled many all-nighters in my lifetime. Occasionally it happens. Sometimes you procrastinate and you got to pull an all-nighter. But I think whenever you can scheduling in time to just like physically take care of yourself is really important because your brain is going to work a lot better if you're well fed well rested hydrated (laughs) all those things are super important and like schedule in a little bit of fun even if it's like a 10 minute little reward after you work for an hour do that like even if it's okay if i finish this page i can go make a cup of tea (laughs) like It can be as small as that, but I think scheduling in moments of relief is also really helpful. Um, Yeah, those are kind of some of my tips. And I know like it's different for everybody. Like for some people, lists are not going to work. It's just going to stress them out more. But it helps me to break things down a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the the flip side of this kind of short acute sort of stress scenario uh, that you kind of pointed to as ongoing stress or like chronic stress things that are prolonged situations or experiences that you might be in um, that kind of don't particularly have an end in sight maybe or that it might be really far away that you're kind of constantly having to go through this um, and I think that's that's usually the more difficult 
thing to find proper coping mechanisms for because I don't think that you can rely on just one most of the yeah, time. Yeah, and when it's something that's like temporary, like when it's final season or when it's, you know, whatever else, you know that there's an end in sight. Like, you know that, okay, I just need to get through the next two weeks and then my stress is over. When it's a long-term stressor, you don't have that. There is no end in sight. So looking forward sometimes can make you feel worse. You know, there's no quote-unquote light at the end of the tunnel when it's an ongoing stressor. So finding ways to cope with that is, like you say, more important. Yeah. So for for me, there's something that comes to mind when I'm, I'm thinking about ongoing stress is, for me, I actually kind of... <laughs> list still somewhat helpful but i have a little um kind of like a journal uh that i keep that has a bunch of lists of just things that i like to do in them um and i guess you could say it's like a list of hobbies and stuff like that because that's that's kind of where i'm going with this is have plan your life in such a way where even though you're there's stressful stuff going on for you for me you've got to have something that you like doing and that is is a tiny ray of sunshine in your day and your week something that just kind of fills you with a little bit of joy in in a stressful situation kind of recharge those batteries a little bit uh, for me i love playing games with my friends i'll play video games with my friends you know tabletop games with them just something where i can sit down i can laugh i can be silly i can tell jokes with my friends and it's just it just fuels me up for the rest of whatever I'm dealing with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, minus my plants, my plants, my little garden. The other day, I just like sat in the middle of my garden and like had a little cry, and I felt so much better after. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, let me just like water the plants with my tears. Uh, but, but it really helped me feel a lot better. Um, I have a few tips, and that was kind of one of them is like sometimes let yourself cry and be frustrated (laughs) because when you have an ongoing stress like whether it's you know a a troublesome relationship whether it's a health issue whether it's ongoing school stress maybe I think like sometimes you have to let yourself really feel stressed (laughs) and let yourself feel it a little bit and like let out some of those emotions so I sometimes will cry I also sometimes will scream in my car like a crazy person, um, but it it just kind of helps release some of that emotion a little bit, which I think is important when you have ongoing stress, like that starts to build up in you. And so letting it out a little bit is never a bad thing. Um, my The biggest thing for me and the only thing that has gotten me through some of my health issues is one day at a time. One minute at a time, 10 seconds at a time. Get through the next 10 seconds. (laughs) You can only live in the now. And often with long-term stressful situations, if you start thinking too far in the future, it's overwhelming. It just spirals. Yeah, you spiral. You go to like worst case scenario... Everything is garbage. I'm thinking about that SpongeBob episode where he's just like, I'm spiraling, I'm spiraling, I'm spiraling, I'm spiraling. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, um, exactly. You start to spiral, you go downhill. And so, like, literally one moment at a time, one day at a time, get through the day. Just the day. That's all you have to do. 
what for you was a time when you were really kind of pushed to to that maybe that that edge point where you're like i i'm overwhelmed like is there a time when you had to sit down and acknowledge with yourself like this is too much for me because we're talking about coping mechanisms what you can do to deal with stress sometimes you have just too much on your plate yeah i mean it's like funny because i very recently had that like realization of like okay this is too much <laughs> like i need to <laughs> i need to reflect i need to figure out a plan and i need to i need to pause for a second um so i deal with chronic health issues and a chronic health condition and I've been going to a million appointments and um, getting blood taken and getting a million and like just appointments. So many appointments with so many different doctors telling me a million different things. Um, and I was starting to hit a wall of where I was like, I'm so overwhelmed that I'm not even listening when the doctors are talking to me. I'm just sitting here overwhelmed. Like I'm not absorbing any of this information. And then I go home and I need to know the information. <laughs> and my brain is like, mm nope, out of the building. Um, so I, I recently, you know, sat down with a very amazing support person in my life. My mom is very lovely. Um, both my parents are, are supportive, but, and so I kind of just sat down with her and I was like, Hey, like, I need you to start coming to appointments with me. I, I need somebody else in the room when we're going through all of this stuff. That's really scary for me because I'm too scared and too, you know, overwhelmed to listen and to absorb so I need somebody who can be there who can be like a little bit of my like advocate and and take notes and and whatever else and debrief with me afterwards um and that was that was hard to do to be like hey I really need help and I need somebody to sit down with me and I'm definitely in times right now where I'm going one day at a time like I gotta get through one day at a time today I feel good I'm not in pain today who knows about tomorrow, but at least today is manageable. And if I live in this moment, I'm okay. That's really such an important part to talk about. We talk about coping methods. Your support system is like a huge pillar of your stability in your life, right? Who who do you think of when you're like, this is a really terrible day I'm having. I want to talk to X. Like, like who is that person in your mind? Because I think... That can be a really eye-opening realization for a lot of people. If somebody didn't come to mind there, right? That's something that I feel like in your life has got to be addressed. Come to a place like Foundry or, or seek counseling or supports or something. Everybody needs help. And help is not a bad word, right? It's, yeah. It's something that is just a fact of life. You can't do it alone. No, nobody can can get through this alone. Like... It's too much for any one person to do completely by themselves. There's um, one of my quotes that I really like is just because no one else can heal or do your inner work for you doesn't mean you can, should, or need to do it alone. That's a great one. Wow. Yeah. And I think it's huge. Asking for help is okay. <laughs> and and recognizing that you're overwhelmed and that stress is too much is okay. And I think it's also really great to like tell your people what you need. Like sometimes when I'm stressed, I just need someone to rant to. Like I just need to talk about it for 20 minutes and and not get advice or tips or I just need to rant for 20 minutes and have somebody be there to listen and to care. 
And so I think you can literally go to your support person or a system, whoever it might be, and say, hey, can I just like rant for a second? Can I just like get mad for a minute and have you listen? Yeah, I mean, that's that's huge asking and, and having that comfortability with that support person and be like, this is what I need from you in this moment. Is that something that, that you have for me right now, right? And those are are really important connections to have, like you mentioned for you, you know, you, you were like with your mom, I need this kind of advocacy role for me right now. I need somebody to kind of be with me to support uh, as well. I think for me, like when I think of my support person, I tend to think of uh, kind of what I, I mentioned earlier, some of my really close friends that I, I play games with. Oftentimes, like you said, I've had those of like, can I just talk to you for a little bit? This is what's going on in my life. This is how it's been making me feel. I just need another human being to know what's going on for me and that it really sucks right now. <laughs> Regardless, like yeah. it's a place where you don't have to feel judged because I think a lot of people get into a mindset of so many people have more stressful situations than me. So, you know, my stuff is small and insignificant and totally fine compared to other people's stuff that's going on for them. But having that place of non-judgmental space where you know that the person is just there to listen to you, they care what's going on for you, and they're going to be there to be like, yeah, that does sound really stressful without comparing it to anything else. Because I think we do enough comparing just as people in ourselves anyway. Right? Comparing stress is like so not useful most of the time. Somebody's always going to have it worse than you. Always. And that doesn't mean that what's going on for you isn't still stressful for you like they don't they don't cancel each other out they exist mutually in the world and it's okay exactly and i think you can have that duality of like recognizing the ways in which you're lucky or the ways in which your situation could be worse while still recognizing that your situation is stressful and that you're struggling and that you are deserving of support like you can do both of those things, you know, I, I all the time recognize how I'm lucky to exist in a time where modern medicine is what it is and that I can, you know, get a lot of up to date, successful treatments for my condition. But at the same time, it still sucks. <laughs> and, that, and both of those things can be true and recognizing both of those things can be true. Um, Another big thing for stressful times, whether it be, you know, short-term stress, long-term stress. And it's the thing we all hear all the time that I think sometimes people roll their eyes at, but get outside. (laughs) I know you, you know, it's one of those tips. It's like when people say like, go for a run, exercise, where we kind of roll our eyes at it because we hear it a million times. But genuinely nothing makes me feel better than spending some time outdoors getting some fresh air yeah and as as frustrating as it may be you know we talked about how some people's situations have it worse you know you brought up exercise i'll i'll probably jump on that bandwagon a little bit i think it's it's a really important factor for me and the wellness of my mental health and my physical health are very connected um and i don't feel well mentally when i'm not regularly exercising it's not something that I did much growing up. I was not the kid that went out and, and did a bunch of sports, really, or, or exercise or anything like that. But 
now I go to the gym, I exercise regularly, you know, as much as I can a couple times a week, right? And, and it really does help for me. And I think it's important to also recognize some people maybe aren't able to do that. They have maybe medical conditions that prevent them to, from doing so, living situations that aren't ideal or financial or something like that, right? I think it's about maintenance and however you can get that for you, being outside in the sun being with nature and kind of connecting with yourself um, or exercising, keeping track and care of your body, right? It's, I think for long-term ongoing stress, it's how can you maintain yourself mm-hmm. in in a way that works for you? Yeah, I think like sustainability of some of these things is so important. And one way I like to do it is to pick something that you do for self-care that you do to relieve stress and then make three levels of it like three versions of it. So one version is when you're doing pretty well, when you have the time, when you have the energy. So for example, if it's something like getting outside, maybe when I'm doing really well, my top tier is like going kayaking or going for a hike with a friend, something like that. That's when I'm doing well. Then do something when you're, eh, you're doing okay, but you're kind of struggling. You have a little less time, a little less energy. And maybe that's going for a walk around your neighborhood whatever else right and then your lowest level when you're really struggling having a hard time maybe it's literally opening your window yeah crying (laughs) with your plants in the garden crying in your plants in the (laughs) garden level three (laughs) (laughs) like like even those tiny little things that seem small can make an impact on how we're feeling and so yeah take your self-care strategies and and make levels of them because sometimes we don't have the energy to do the big things and that's okay yeah, and giving yourself uh, hopefully the ability to do those kind of ongoing, right? Sitting around in your garden or opening your window or going for a walk, you know, once a month maybe isn't going to cut it for you, right? And sometimes it's hard to notice a lot of the benefits that these things are having when you just kind of do them once and you're like, well, I don't feel any better. You know, you, you said go go run a little bit or exercise or something like that. I feel like garbage. I just did it <laughs> once and now it's awful. I don't like it. Some of these things, I think, take time, take some dedication and take some experimenting with like what works for you. What's what's your thing that you like? Yeah, exactly. Like I hate running. I hate running so much with a passion, but I can motivate myself to go on like a hike or a walk with a friend. Like that is usually more realistic for me and I'm still getting outside. I'm still doing something active. It's still positive. Like even if it's getting out of your bed for two seconds to do like a five minute stretch, like even that is so beneficial. And like if you do it over time, will help a little bit. And I always say, even if you feel 1% better, it's still 1% better. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us on another episode of Peers in a Pod. I've been Connor. That's been Jenny. And we'll see you next time. Yeah, we'll see you next time. And as always, if you're going through stressful times and you need a little extra support, come to Foundry Ridge Meadows. Check out Foundry Virtual. We've got an app now. Check out the Foundry app um, because support is out there. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.